I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and Lehigh Valley Executive and VP, Distribution Channels and Labor Relations for Capital Blue Cross. Uh, her new, the uh, Anne Corley Baum, and her new book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Develop your soft skills to help you succeed. Facts, data, and technical knowledge are only one set of factors that lead to success. Equally crucial is your behavior and how it is perceived by others. Ann Corley Baum offers a lighthearted look at the top 16 business mistakes that people make without realizing the potential consequences. Her goal is to share lessons that she has learned throughout her career with others so they can learn about those subtle mistakes that can determine their future. Uh, the other th- the th- the things others won't tell you but definitely notice since joining Capital Blue Cross in January 2010, Baum has been involved with strategic planning, operations, partnership development, community relations, corporate giving, sales, and account management throughout the Eastern Service area. She's also designed and led leadership development programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here, Anne. Well, thank you for having me. Good morning. So are you going to give us those little secrets as to how we can be successful and maybe get to the C-suite if we know those 16 business mistakes that people make and without realizing it? Um, so interesting because you talk about not realizing it. People just, these are what hit that we don't, be, well, I'll let you explain it. Why, do, why don't we realize it? Sometimes we make a mistake and we'll think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? And you know you've made a mistake or made a poor choice and it's not going to fare well in whatever business you're in. But you're saying there's things we, they're just subtle things that we do in our everyday activities, in our jobs as employees, and, and we're not aware of it. Yes, I think there are many things that we do that impact how others perceive us. And these are the things that leave an impression on another person. And it may not even be very obvious to them that a behavior or mistake is driving it. So they're not necessarily going to mention to you, oh, you're not a very good listener or you're constantly talking and never stopping, or your handshake is terrible. These are things people won't tell you, yet they leave an impression. And so much of how we deal with other people is driven by the perceptions that we naturally develop as we're meeting people and observing their body language and it's not obvious to us, but it's leaving that impression that really drives whether or not somebody is going to have a good and effective relationship with you. So what you're saying is you could be a good employee doing your work on time. You know, everything is you do is, is done well, but yet you're sitting there and you have some annoying kind of twitch or you, as you say, or you pulling your hair or you're doing something that no one's going to tell you about and you might not get the raise or you might not get the uh, promotion because of those kinds of things? Yes, or you might not get the job for which you are interviewing. So you come in, you think you nail all the questions, but your outfit is a mess. You're, You're just disheveled or you're constantly talking 
and saying what you think is important and not listening to what the other person is saying to you. So whether it's in the workplace or with your friendships, with your community, whatever you're dealing with, people are making decisions about you subconsciously based on these behaviors. And the more you can pay attention to them and make them reflect how you'd like to be perceived, the better people will see you for who you really are, not who they are perceiving you to be. Well, one of the things you talk about is etiquette. And uh, I think etiquette has gone by the by, actually, it seems to me. But uh, And you have been an etiquette consultant. And that when you sit down and have a, well, it could be lunch, it could be a dinner with a prospective uh, boss or manager or whomever it is, you really need to be aware of, of, of certain etiquettes whether, and I'm giving the examples of just being in a situation where you're having a drink or you're eating, uh, having a meal with somebody or how you behave at the corporate table. It, that's important stuff, right? Absolutely. And just knowing the basic rules of dining etiquette, how to hold your fork, and even the basics that you learned when you were a young person. Don't talk with your mouth full. Don't chomp while you're in the discussion with somebody, it makes a difference. And I will tell you, I've had dinners with people and really bright, well-educated people who are leaning over their plate, shoveling the food in, not cutting it, talking with their mouthful, and it changes your entire perception of this individual simply because they haven't taken the time to pay attention to the very basics of how to eat a meal politely. And it's easy to learn. I know a lot of people are intimidated by dining etiquette, but it's pretty easy to learn how to put your napkin in your lap, how to cut your food into small pieces, and have the meal portion not be the focus, but have what you're saying to one another be the goal of the meal, not how much food you can get into your mouth and how quickly you can do so. I'm thinking about the millennials, though, who have difficulty communicating. This is one of the big issues because they're used to texting and emailing and not really have it, you know, seeing people in person. It's all virtual. So this would be a daunting task, it would seem to me, to uh, that group, the millennials, and even, I don't, what is it, Gen Z that's below them? I don't know. But um, it, so it, it would seem to me that it, even it would be much more, yeah, I guess a daunting task for them to be able to do these kinds of things if you're just having difficulty with basic communication skills. Yeah, what a great opportunity to differentiate yourself from the pack learning basic skills of making eye contact and having a productive, direct conversation with another person. It's really, not only is it something that, in my opinion, is table stakes for success, it also, for those who maybe don't possess those skills, learning these skills really makes a difference in how you will stand out from the crowd. So what's... 
what's the worst case scenario that you've, and you're, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. You've had a lot of experience. I'm sure you've witnessed a lot of different kinds of situations that have been privy to them. Uh, give us, can you talk to us about specific examples where people really did mess up because of what we've been, you know, because of all the, the these, I'll call them etiquette indiscretions. Well, it's interesting because every example that I have in the book is based yeah. upon either something that I did that didn't work out particularly well. So let's or talk about you. That's that good. Yeah. Give us those, a couple of those <laughs> examples in the book about you. Well, I think some of the, the things that are difficult when you're an extroverted person and you're very excited about something that another person is presenting to you, it's really easy to get so excited to say what's on your mind that you forget to listen to that other person and you end up interrupting and talking over them. And sometimes where you think the conversation is going is not where that other person is taking it. So when you're an excited, extroverted person, it's really important for you to learn techniques. And and frankly, this is something I had to learn to hold that in and really listen to the other person. So one, you're not offending them by talking over them. Two, you're not offending them by taking the conversation in a completely different direction than they intended it to go. And then three, really, you can still be enthusiastic, but having that enthusiasm be presented in a manner that resonates with the other person's style so that you're not overwhelming them with your excitement and enthusiasm. And one of the tips that I learned over time is I'm a big hand talker. And I learned that if I just sit on my two little, my index finger and my my second finger, it just force myself to keep my hands down, it really reminds me to be that good listener and keeps me from overwhelming somebody with that enthusiasm or interrupting them. So you can learn these tools, but if you don't realize you're making that mistake, you'll constantly be talking over people, steering the conversation in the wrong direction, and leaving that connection with them they'll never tell you because they don't quite know. But if you learn and learn that skill, then you can have that great relationship and those great conversations. So how do you suggest that we learn that skill? Because they're, today, they're, I mean, you can sit in front of, I, I, I actually, I agree with you. I, I do that. I mean, you can watch yourself on Skype and start talking to yourself and watch your hands flailing around or whatever you tend to do or your eyes blinking. Or uh, I think it's very important to rehearse. Uh, I'm assuming that that would be something you would also agree with. Absolutely. I it, Obviously, if you're giving a public presentation, preparing for it, thinking about the words that you'll use, your body language, it's really important. But also observing yourself in a conversation. And one piece of advice that someone had shared with me years ago that I firmly believe in is have a mirror 
next to you when you're in a phone conversation, a real phone conversation, and watch how your facial expressions match up with the words that you are using. Do you say, yes, I think it's a great idea while your head is shaking no? Do you say, I absolutely love that idea while your face is making a grimace? And and we need to always remember that people first perceive our body language and our facial expressions and our tone of voice, and it's instantaneous. They perceive all of that before they're actually hearing the words that we're saying. So watching yourself in a mirror while you're speaking helps you to see if your facial expressions match your words. And then if they're not, and maybe you've had difficulty in people agreeing with you or getting your points across. Well, it may not be the words you're using. It may be your facial expressions and body language. So when you watch yourself in action and then make the appropriate adjustments by learning how to change, it makes all the difference in your communication skills. So what you're saying and the way you look or are behaving can be incongruent that, you know, you're saying yes, but your body's saying no. So you really have to be aware of that. Um, And I think that happens a lot, actually. I think we do that. um, Or maybe your body language reflects your real answer. Like you're saying yes, but if you look at somebody's body language, as you're saying, they're shaking their head no, and that's what they actually mean. So... um, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Some some people, when they're listening, one of the things they do is nod their head. It's their their subconscious behavior that they use to concentrate. Yet, it's sending the message that they're in agreement. So, if they suddenly come back with an answer or a response or a remark that's opposite of agreement, it throws the other person off because they think that this person who's been nodding is in agreement with them. So it's really these subconscious cues and behaviors really make a difference in how people understand what it is that you're trying to say. All right. Well, your book profiles these different personality types uh, that one will encounter on your path to success. Hopefully it's a path to success. Um, Let's talk about some of those personality types. So as far as what what I have written in the book? Yeah. Yes, so um, I cover everything from your basic skills all the way up to things that are a little more challenging. So it might be focusing on the way you dress. Are you dressing for the part? If you are coming in for an interview or if you're in a role of leadership or you aspire to a role of leadership, are you taking time to make sure that you look like that leader? Are you preparing yourself to be a leader and behaving in that manner? Because when you, when you have, my friend always says, fake it till you make it or walk the walk. If you're looking the part, people perceive you in that role and it helps to pave the way for that. Are you somebody who is only talking? You're never, 
listening to what other people are saying? Are you the, the smartest person in the room? And regardless of what anybody else has to say, you are constantly prepared, talking over them, saying, oh, yeah, I know this. I'm great. I'm important. Well, people don't perceive that as positive when you're telling them how important you are. People like to decide for themselves how important you are. So what we try to do is in a, a, a somewhat humorous manner, look at all these different ways that people behave that can be annoying and then give advice as to how you can prepare yourself not to be that person. And it's funny when people read the books, they're often saying, oh, I know this person or I've been that person. And we also have advice on how to coach your team if somebody on your team behaves in this manner. So it's not about labeling people and judging them. It's really about we all have these quirky behaviors and they often send messages that aren't the messages that we're attempting to send. How do we overcome them and really deliver the best version of ourselves to those with whom we're interacting? Yeah, so we're, we're trying to, we are attempting to elevate ourselves and also those around us so that we can all, as you say, be successful, be developing these, as you say, soft uh, skills. Um, do we... Uh, and do we have to be aware of what the corporate culture is? Because different culture, you know, some cultures you can go to work, some of these IT, the younger people in, in Silicon Valley, they wear blue jeans and a T-shirt. And if you came in there in a suit, you might not get the job. It may be opposite if you're working for Blue Cross, Blue Shield. But so the corporate culture, I assume, has to be, you have to be very much aware of what the expectations are. Oh, yes. You're, you're absolutely right. You need to be aware of the circumstances in which you're interacting with other people. And you're correct. You don't want to go way outside of that culture in order to be accepted. You want to find a way to integrate yourself into that culture. So dress code, of course, matters. Now, I'm always of the opinion if they say business casual, go on the upper end of business casual. Don't go to your your grubbiest, dirty jeans with a ripped shirt. Even though that might be acceptable, it doesn't say a lot about what you think about yourself. And I think it's always good to make sure, whether it's jeans, make sure they're clean. Make sure your hair is combed. Make sure you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you're performing at the highest level of whatever that particular dress code or culture may be so that people aren't distracted by things that are within your control. I, I've left a conference room where the person's cologne remains, and sometimes it remains for hours. I, I don't want to be remembered as the person who leaves my cologne or perfume behind. I want to be remembered as the person who had great ideas and enthusiasm and is somehow helping the organization be stronger. When you have these little distractions, they take away from the value that you bring. And the more you can minimize them, the more you can succeed with your intellect and your talent as opposed to get distracted by some of these things that are completely within your control. 
Do you think, Anne, it's a good idea to go online and look at, let's say, whatever job you're applying for, look at an interview that uh, on YouTube, for instance, that you're maybe the CEO of the company had, so you can see how that person interacts, what they look like, how they dress, uh, or the more information, obviously, that you have before you go to an interview is important, but it, it, you have, you, you know, it's there, it's out there, you're, it's accessible. It would seem to me that that's one way of sort of do it, sort of executing what you're talking about. Absolutely. There is so much wonderful information available on the internet. You can go on LinkedIn, look up the executive team, understand their backgrounds, find out what's important to them. On the company website, you can easily look at the pictures of the executive team. How are they dressed? what's important to them, what's their corporate culture, what's their mission, their values. And really, it, that's table stakes at this point in the interview process. You really need to be familiar with and do your homework on a company that you'd like to work within. There's so much there. It's, it's almost a failure to not have gone and done that homework and checked out the company because it's all there. It's easy to find. Well, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. So obviously they're going to have the competitive edge. So as you say, it's really a fail. It's a failure from the start. I mean, it, the, you know, the information Absolutely. is there. Use it. Yeah, use it. So what, let's talk more about in the book. What else that we haven't discussed that that we need to be aware of in in terms of these uh, soft skills that will help us to succeed. Um, Well, I think that it's important to think of yourself on all different levels. So there's the in-person version of you, and that's where body language and the way you dress and your, your physical presence matters. But there's also your online presence and your phone self and your email or texting communication, and each of these things matter just as much as your in-person self. And frankly, at this point, many people are doing their first interviews via phone and Skype, so think about how professional you present yourself in those environments, especially with your e-communications. Once something is out there on social media or you send it from your mailbox or you text somebody, it's out there in the world. And you don't know what happens to it after that point. It's, it's, your control is given to the person to whom you are sending that message. So if you haven't presented your best self, you send a, a ranting email where you really tell somebody what you think of them and it's all capital letters. Well, they can easily forward that to anybody. They can post it on social media. We see it every day where somebody's bad behavior or just that inappropriate moment goes viral. So really think before you push that send button or post something on social media, what does this say about me and who I am and how does it reflect upon my professional career, my community relationships, my friendships, because it really matters. So the physical in-person matters, but 
your your social media, your internet presence, your e-communications, they matter just as much. And it's important to take time to be as professional and polite as you possibly can be with all of those as well. Well, I, I, I think one guest at one point just sort of getting along with what you're saying, and I think that's critical, uh, that like when you write an email, you write a text and it's in a business context as you're talking about, just think about how, what would you, how would you feel if this text wound up in a court of law? Think about that. Anytime you yes. send something out, <laughs> that's kind of the peak, right? And, and fortunately or unfortunately, I think that's true, right? So uh, would it you is. want this to be, as you're saying, be seen by the world, but also would you want this in a, in a, in a courtroom? And uh, that'll make you think right. twice about when you yeah send the send button. Um, we have two minutes left, so let's talk about websites we can go to uh, for more information about you, your work, what you're doing, and also, I'm assuming we can buy the book online, bookstores everywhere? That's correct. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and also Mamosa, which is M-O-M-O-S-A, publishing.com. It's available on all of those. And uh, certainly follow me on social media. It's Ann Corley Baum on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I would, I'd love to hear questions from people. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Great information. Small mistakes, big consequences. Developed your soft skills to help you succeed. Ann Corley Baum. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 